Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz, here with my good friend and co-host, Christian Ubius. Christian, you have a very labored look on your face. Have I already done something wrong? Yes. What did I do? Uh, you're, yeah. D- don't worry about it. Um, we're I'm fine. Concerned. We're fine. No, 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 we're good. I'm liquored up. We're good. <laughs> That's right, Christian. We we are a little bit liquored up right now because this is no ordinary episode of Cinema Drip. We're not going to dilly-dally with, with foreplay here. This is a, a Mondo-sized episode of the Cinema Drip podcast. Not only are we here drinking some whiskey, but we uh, we are doubled. We have two friends joining us for this discussion. One who has appeared before and one who is making his Cinema Drip debut. Very exciting. We're all sipping on a little whiskey and ready to talk Marvel movies. So without further ado, let me introduce our returner, which is none other than Tyler Penn. Tyler, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? <laughs> we're good. We're good. Uh, Tyler, uh, remind the listeners of your previous appearance on this podcast if they missed it. I was on the Sundance Film Festival um, recap, review, ranking with Christian way back at the start of the year. It's been a long time. I know. And uh, are any of the movies featured from that episode still among your favorites of the year? Because I know the both of you felt pretty strongly about a few of them. So, oh, 100%. Coda. Go see it right now. It's on Apple TV+. Yeah. Plus. There you go. I will, I will say, I had a lot of fun listening to the episode because I didn't have to be on it. I just got to enjoy it. So thank you for joining us once again. Tyler, ready to talk Marvel with you. And we are joined by this apartment of people completed, as of course, it's roommates with Christian here. We're joined by none other than future 49ers beat reporter himself, Timmy Gibson. Timmy, wait, do you want to be Tim Gibson or Timmy Gibson? Go with Timmy, go with Timmy. Timmy Gibson. Timmy, welcome to Cinema Drip. How are you? Good. You know, after a year of living in the studio, it's nice to finally uh, make it on to the program. Excited to be here, talk a little talk a little Marvel movies. And, you want to take um, over production, I'll hand it over to you right now. Do some arguing. I never agreed to live in and produce the podcast. I, just, I said I'd keep the studio afloat. Ironically, right you're the only one with your own room in this apartment. So Tyler's the one who only lives in the studio. I'm the studio's cranky neighbor. There you are. But we... Regardless of, of your neighborliness or how cranky you are, we're very glad to have the both of you here. This is going to be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this for some time. It's going to be very long. It's going to be very long, but we are going to have fun with it. So, before we dive into it all, obviously, we asked you guys to be on this episode for a reason. Uh, Christian, I will invite you to share as well, as we all have connections to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, Christian, you know, you're the, the longtime co-host here, so you kick it off, but what does the MCU mean to you? Obviously, it has its complete, uh, you know, fanatical devotees, and it has people who hate it and wish it would stop and die, and so I know you don't fall into the latter category, but what does the MCU mean to you? Uh, the first MCU movie I ever saw was Iron Man 3. I went to a friend's birthday party, and uh, she bought us all tickets, and it was like in IMAX, and it was... Um, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance as Iron Man was actually a very film-formative experience for me. And since then, um, I have loved the MCU for its, I guess, what, originality is the wrong word, when it tries to do things that are different. So I know there's a Marvel formula, but when they try and diverge from it, and when they have stellar performances, you know, I'm all in. I have been known to be critical of it, as I think we should all be critical of it when it, uh, it, it it's needed. But no, I mean, I mean I've rewatched like fifteen movies this past week from the MCU. I'm I, I rediscovered my love for it. 
Tyler, what about yourself? I I know that you are the one who owns many of these movies, <laughs> as I've seen many times coming into your apartment here. So the what's studio. What, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the studio, the studio. What what's your connection? Oh man, I remember seeing Iron Man, the first one in theater. Um, did not see the Incredible Hulk in theater, thankfully. Um, but I remember watching the post credit where Tony Stark shows up at the end of Incredible Hulk, and my mind was blown. Then the MCU had no concept of it. And then just kind of being with it all throughout childhood, watching these characters grow up. I'm a big character guy. I love and connect with characters often more so than plot. But I realized recently that I do like narratives. Um, <laughs> Referencing uh, a movie we saw together recently, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, so growing up with these characters, I love them. Endgame, I remember just crying during it. Um so it means a lot. It's it's a personal investment. I usually, I have a history of watching all the movies at least once a year. For a while there, it was twice. So very connected, very It's pretty committed. dedicated. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of movies. I love these movies, yes. Timmy, what about you? Why, where do you find yourself with the MCU these days? Yeah, I think I can remember seeing Thor in theaters for the first time. I can remember seeing the Avengers in the theaters for the first time. And I can remember at some point realizing, and this is probably in college, getting caught up in a group of friends that really poured into the movies, that this was like the defining cultural piece of our of our time. I think you have Harry Potter and you have maybe Star Wars and previous generations. There's a moment where it's like this film franchise is going to be one of the things that kind of defines our culture. That's something that's really important to me. Can also just kind of rank moments of my life. I think my now fiance and I had just started dating when Endgame came out. Now have rewatched most of these movies together and just thinking of the parts they've played in my life, and then just getting getting caught up in the fandom of it, whether it's watching every episode of Loki twice, or staying up to watch every single Marvel show, getting caught up even in the minutia of what if. Yes, I used the word minutia. But yeah, <laughs> just for being, you. for me, I feel like the more and more it's like become a part of the culture in my life, it's become more and more something I like to, to learn more and more about, and getting exposure to the comics and character backstories through all of that. And I think ultimately I just like to speculate about it, and... There's nothing you can speculate about more than than the MCU and who's going to appear in Spider-Man No Way Home and all those fun things. <laughs> when when we get to a movie that's Charlotte's favorite or that she likes a lot, can you say that? I don't know if I know what her favorite one is. Well, that's... <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know what kind of love this is then. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we can hash Passionate. that out after. I, we haven't I'll... made it all the way through yet, so we don't have a... I don't know if she's... I will quickly add for myself, I, in a weird sort of way, I'm not sure when I jumped on with this, because I remember seeing the Avengers in theaters, which I had sort of documented with an Instagram post, which is... <laughs> which now lives lives on in infamy, because I, I think I've managed to call myself Mr. Classy, which Tyler, when I met him, referenced, because he <laughs> yes. had Instagram stalked me, yes. so... So just uh, there's a special memory, but I, I know I saw the Avengers in theaters, but I've been extremely bought in since then. And I think what you guys touched on that interests me most about the MCU is for a lot of people, this is an extremely foundational cinematic experience in a way. I, I saw a review that referred to the original Avengers movie as a, a generation's Star Wars. Where, you know, some people might, you know, they might bristle and get angry at, at that suggestion, but the MCU is the most dominant and influential force in movies today. So, in many ways, like a blockbuster like Star Wars, these movies are important for better and for worse. And they also, they, I mean, we can track moments of our life by what MCU movies we were seeing mm -hmm. at the time. And, I mean, Endgame, I'm sure for many of us, is one of, if not the best movie theater experience we've ever had. And so... 
Whether or not you are a massive fan of the MCU and have been following along with our Marvel Blend of the Month, or you are a little bit of an acolyte, not super sure how you feel about the MCU, you like some, hate others, we're glad that you're listening, we're glad that you're here, and we are going to have a very good time with this conversation. Without further ado, we are going to get into it, and the way that this will flow is we spend some time ranking these movies beforehand, but to save time and streamline, we put them all into five different tiers. I'm gonna, okay, math was used. Math was used. Whenever you put something in a tier, it was assigned a point value. There are five tiers. We got in depth on this. (laughs) You put something in tier five, it was assigned one point. Uh, all the way to five, and then I made ranges for where um, things should end up in the tier system, and then I rearranged based on, like, if two of you had put something as, a t- uh, like, a top thing, amazing, like, greatest of all time, and two of us had not, I still put it there. Um, Ernst and Young just gave us the envelopes out of the lockbox. We're going to open them up. <laughs> all right. Just want to make sure to yes. not kill the messenger for yes. putting stuff in tears. <laughs> yes, and hopefully there will be some good arguments that happen along the way. As I know for some of us, we feel very passionately about these movies, and they are not where we would have ranked them ourselves, so we're going to have a good time. We, the way that we will go is we will rank tier by tier. We'll share which movies happen to be in that tier, and then we will also assign rankings within, just to have a little bit of fun along the way. So we will end up with a 26 to 1 ranking, but we'll go tier by tier just to save time and be a little more structured. So... Gentlemen, are we ready to to begin this massive undertaking? <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> can, you, can you ever truly be ready? Yeah. Podcast hosts assemble. It's time for Cinema Drip's official ranking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, at least right. as of 2020, December 2021. So, unfortunately, some MCU movies have to be at the bottom, and I think there are a few likely suspects here. So in Tier 5, we only have three movies, and judging from the way that we each individually ranked these, I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with the, with the ones that appear. Those three movies are The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, and Thor The Dark World. Now, in terms of slotting one in to number 26, somebody has to be last, and I am going to go ahead and put The Incredible Hulk in Does anyone disagree position. with that? I've never seen it, and I still think it's bright. Timmy! Yes. <laughs> It's my one my one gap in my MCU library. I will say, I, I've i seen this movie, I think, twice. And the, the first time that I watched it... Here, I'll tell you why. The first time that I watched it, I sat through the whole movie and then fell asleep during the final battle, which is like the one of the only interesting parts in the entire thing. And then I ended up re-watching it down the road with friends, I think, as we were preparing for Infinity War. And somebody was like, we have to watch Incredible Hulk. So we all went along with it. But... I think part of the reason The Incredible Hulk ends up here is that it is it bears very little on the MCU at large. Edward Norton was obviously recast immediately for The Avengers with Mark Ruffalo, who's definitely better suited for this kind of blockbuster fare. And William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross is the only person who had reappeared in the MCU, and it took a long time for that to happen mm-hmm. until Abomination's cameo in Shang-Chi, which... Yeah. Sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a discussion to be had of if this should even be considered an MCU film, and so I think that... Robert Downey Jr. is in it. And, I mean, that's part of the reason why. Yeah, I think that's why it should be at the bottom. (laughs) The end credit scene is important because they're setting up the Avengers initiative, but Christian, you watched this movie for the first time recently. Can you offer up a a more specific thought than I had, because I haven't seen this in years at this point? I, um, they, the the acting is, is not good. The CGI is not good. The pacing is not good. 
The love interest is not good. Oh, Robert love, Downey Jr. is great. Much love to Liv Tyler. <laughs> well, at least it was a positive on-set experience for the crew working there. It sounded like everyone really loved the Edward Norton experience. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, The Incredible Hulk and Edward Norton with it will live at the bottom of our list. Now, Tyler... I'll turn to you. We're gonna we're gonna take turns being you know little mini hosts here as we get to the slot things in. So Tyler, you have your pick. There's Iron Man two and Thor: The Dark World. Which one for you is twenty five? You gotta you gotta pick. Yeah, I think for me it's pretty clear. I think it has to be Iron Man two. I think Iron Man two is just one of the worst movies in the MCU. Obviously, uh, too many villains. Just it's it's sloppy. It feels like in a lot of ways. Looking back, you can see how it connects with some things like the Tesseract and Howard Stark. On a first watch, though, it's like what is going on? I have no idea what's happening. Um, could care less about the villains. Not intriguing at all. But Tyler, I want my book. <laughs> it's like right, the one right. thing that's lived on from that movie. Also, Sam Rockwell isn't good. See, I think now, Sam Rockwell is one of the best parts of that movie. I, I'm with I, Timmy. I, I'm a big Sam Rockwell fan in general. I am thrilled about his coming back in Armor Wars on Disney Plus sometime in the MCU's future. I actually really enjoy Sam Rockwell in that movie personally, but I will get to my opinion on this movie in a second. I okay. would say thoughts on it. Pretty fun performance for a really crappy character. I agree. Like Justin yeah. Hammer is not very interesting. Uh-huh. And Sam Rockwell is making the best of it. Yeah, the scene where they arm the war machine suit is delightful. <laughs> <laughs> the ex-wife. Scarlett Johansson's also like a prop in this movie. Oh, she's really a prop yeah. in this movie. Anytime she's on screen, like there's definitely a shot of her walking away. And it's not her whole body, it's just the lower half. <laughs> like there's a lot of staring at her ass or, or checking out her, you know, changing that was your in the backseat. one swear word for the episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there you not go. a lot anymore. Uh, and so, yeah, she, not the greatest entrance for Black Widow, though she does get one cool action scene near the end. Yeah, followed up by John Favreau saying, I got one after Scarlett Johansson takes out everyone else. I enjoyed that's a great fight scene. I think there's pleasurable there's fun I don't know if pleasurable is the right word given what we were just talking about. There's fun <laughs> moments in this film. Iron Man two to me does not belong in the absolute worst tier just because I don't think it fits in being like a, a bad movie. It's definitely not a good one, but I don't know if it's ne- I disagree that it's necessarily bad. I think the plot is interesting and if you think about how early it is in the MCU's development as a follow-up to Iron Man 1, I actually don't think it's necessarily terrible in that. Any other thoughts on Iron Man 2 before we move on to Thor? I just want a record that I don't think it belongs in this tier, but I know <laughs> we do need to move on. I do think Thor the Dark World belongs in this tier, not to spoil anything. <laughs> well, you're not spoiling anything. We did mention that this would be slotted in at 24, so... Uh, Timmy, we let Tyler kick it off there. What what are your thoughts on Thor The Dark World? Um, It's a terrible movie. It's bad. I think all of the follow-up to Avengers MCU films fall into a bit of a trap where whatever plot is happening, why aren't you calling in one of the other Avengers for help? And no more so than Thor The Dark World in that, like, the events that take place in Thor The Dark World would be noticed, and so there's no reason that Iron Man, when we've seen that he can travel around the world in under an hour, like, is not there to help Thor. So I think that's one of the bigger flaws of, quite frankly, Iron Man 3 and Captain America The Winter Soldier as well, but I think it hits no more than Thor The Dark World, and it's just a bad movie in general. There's really nothing redeemable of it. Loki, the Disney Plus show, made it a little more interesting with a couple of things. Nowhere near enough to redeem it. It's a bad movie. I would put it as the worst of all of these films. Yeah. I'm a fan. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm only gonna... I don't hate this movie. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm yeah, going to I, I think it's, I, I, it's definitely not mid-tiered Marvel. It's lower than that. But it, 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 
is an interesting thing that happened post Avengers, where I, I love how the entire Phase One of the Infinity Arc is just the um, Tesseract, and then in every single movie post the Avengers, none more so than I think this movie. It's like there's no reason for there to be an Infinity Stone here. Yeah, yeah, they. It is a little bit. Maybe not shoehorned in because they're clearly trying to make these Infinity Stones happen, but we could have done without it being the ether in this movie. Yeah. And the Dark Elves as antagonists are, again, not very interesting. And it's not a big come down from Loki, who is one of the most iconic MCU villains. Obviously, he's still in this movie, but the, the pivot into the Dark Elves is a major disappointment. I, w- I would argue Loki might be the one redeeming aspect of this movie, just as we like get to watch his journey as a character in the MCU. It's probably the only thing that would make this movie rewatchable to me at all. I think it's Zachary Levi, personally. <laughs> I, I yeah. love Zachary Levi as much as anyone. Taking but. over the part of Fandral from Josh Dallas. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So guys, that is Tier 5. Last place, we had the Incredible Hulk. Then Iron Man 2 at 25, and Thor The Dark World at 24. I mean, Timmy, it sounds like you would maybe put Thor The Dark World at the bottom, although you haven't seen Incredible Hulk. But anybody have any uh, final opinions, or can we move on? I have no complaints here. <laughs> Neither do I. Yeah. I will say I like Frigga. I liked Loki and Thor's mom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Renee Russo, like Renee Russo, very talented actress in a very thankless role in the MCU because yeah. she does not have nearly enough screen time for how in Endgame. <laughs> yeah, gets a very fun yes. moment in Endgame. Yes. Very yes. Fun. I was right. I was raised by Witch's Boy. Incredible line. Mm. <laughs> Say the names for tier four, and then Timmy will start us off. In tier yes, four. he will. So we now move up to tier four, and this is a bit of a mixed bag because obviously it's near you know the lower end of the spectrum here. But I think this is a good mix of movies that maybe one of us really likes, but the other don't or movies that had high expectations that did not reach those expectations that we had you know somewhat likable but not as good as what we'll get to so tier four those movies are thor doctor strange captain marvel ant-man and the wasp and black widow which if you are a listener of this program you know that christian ubius took umbrage with and it hurt him to do the math there and place it in this tier so Timmy, we now turn to you. Looking at this list of movies, which one fits in at number 23 for you? Yeah, this is an, an easy decision for me. This one was in my tier 5, so it's not it's not even a question. It is going to launch what I think is going to be the first and one of the more heated arguments of this podcast. I am putting Black Widow... <laughs> That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. That's I, not going there. I think Black Widow was borderline terrible i do not think there was much if anything that was redeemable in this movie the only the most exciting and best part of this movie was a cameo appearance from the incredible julia louis dreyfus i will admit that i think part of my opinion is there is an element of we waited nearly two years to see an mcu movie and we were met with black widow like I'm sure that makes me think more poorly of it than before, and that it was not meant to be like the it was meant to be kind of a uh, like a transition, like oh here's a fun movie, then we'll go on to the next one. Instead, it had to kind of stand its own moment as a blockbuster, but it did not. It was a bad movie. I like David Harbour; he was fun. But when the most exciting and interesting thing in this movie is a cameo from Julia Louis Dreyfus, I think that says that it was not a good film. I need other people to speak. I, I was actually going to say, Christian, I want—I sort of want you to <laughs> respond yeah. first. But I will say, I think Timmy I is way off things. base with his characterization yeah, I would of not this movie. Of this year. Tyler, I just talked about this at length in an episode, so I, I want you to speak on it. What, what do you think about Black Widow? Yeah, Obviously, it's in this tier, I, but I—I th- I put it another tier higher when I personally rank these. Um, 
I, I, I do have woes with it. I don't know if it belonged in this tier. I think one of the big things is that it's, you know, Scarlett Johansson's first solo film, and I think that she is outshined by each one of her family members. And we don't really get to know her much better. Um, I think the best scene of the movie is when she's watching a James Bond movie. And I'm like, whoa, she actually has a character outside of her role. But that was only, what, a couple-second clip at the start of the movie? And then the rest is this new family. And... So I had woes with it. I think, though, I did really enjoy the family. I put it a whole tier above this. Um, and so I would not put it this far down. I thought the acting was very good. The villain... Yeah, I think, I think the villain might I think be Draco my biggest was, He was such a... I mean, he is one. I, he's probably one of the most horrendous villains by he's what trash. he's done. Like, in terms of, like, as, like, a character, he's one of the most terrible people. Yes. And they didn't play into that as well. I think as soon as they went to the Red Room... In the air, they disconnected from any source of, I don't know, realness of this problem that actually is in the real the, world. The film heavily leans upon what we know about Black Widow from the other films to create this villain rather than making him a compelling character in his own right. Yeah, and I think that they missed out without having Clint Barton in it because she, he is such an important part of her story. However, I would say that I think that Thor probably belongs in this spot. Oh. Before, before before we, we start naming that. other names, yeah. Christian, you do love this movie more than most. I want you to have a chance to speak on it. I've already said a lot of what my thoughts are on this movie. I think it is self-contained story, which I love from the MCU. I think that it can exist solely by itself. I agree with you all. Villain is like, terrible. They don't lean on him. And I agree with you all that it doesn't add to the lore of the MCU, which is why I understand the like uh, and the love for Julia Lee Dreyfus' cameo. I think Elena's incredible. I think Rachel Weisz is incredible. I think David Harbour's incredible. So I, th- I think that comedy and action-wise, because I love the explosion of the Red Room, I like this movie. I am choosing and picking my battles, which is why I could have gone full dictator and put this tier three, even though I put it uh, to hate me for it. The benefits it of two. doing the math behind the scenes. <laughs> I, 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 I put it tier two myself. However, I will agree putting it one space above this. I don't think it should be this low. And I'm going to say, there are multiple movies I would put lower than that, so I'm going to veto Timmy putting it at 23 as well, for what it's worth. So, (laughs) What movie would you be okay putting it here, Timmy? I would be very, very happy with Captain Marvel in that spot. I would be very passionately against Thor in this spot. (laughs) I think, well, quite frankly, I think I'm not... Obviously not against women. I do think. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for addressing that. I would say that that some of the MCU's more feminist moments, rather than being genuine, have felt a lot more have felt more forced to me. I will say to me, I agree with you, and it's unfortunate that some of the female-led movies in the MCU are some of its weakest. I would rather it be done well. That's right, exactly. And so I will say, I think there there is some discussion to be had about what goes here. So. Let's pause from putting Black Widow in a in a number, and I'll let Christian offer his pick for twenty three. If that's if that yeah. is all right with you, I think it should be Thor or Ant Man and the Wasp. I personally think it should be Thor because I think Ant Man and the Wasp adds more to the lore and is important in Endgame. I will recommend Thor. Yeah, I have a hard time approving that. I have Thor all the way up in my tier two, but we are well, ranking well, as well. an exercise. What, Just wanted to get my opinion out. What about Ant Man and the Wasp? I. I'm okay with Ant-Man and the Wasp in that spot. Are we okay with Ant-Man and the Wasp in that spot? Yeah, I'm definitely That's okay fine. with it. <laughs> okay. It's not where I would put it, That's but acceptable. I'm not... I'm okay with Thor in that spot, too. I just wanted to say my piece. I'm a big Thor fan, but I also like just have a special place in my heart for any so, sort of medieval kind of fighting. Save your Thor love, Christian. Ant-Man and the Wasp, it sounds like, is our 23. Are we okay with that, everybody? Yeah, 
That's okay. So, Christian, what what you know does work for you and what doesn't about Ant-Man and the Wasp? I know you're a bigger fan of Ant-Man than some of us. I freaking love Ant-Man. Um, here's the thing about Ant-Man and the Wasp. It was so unnecessary in, in the sense that it it was important in setting up the quantum realm for Endgame. Sure. And nothing else. Legitimately, I forgot what this villain was until this moment. Ghost? Oh, I yeah. forgot about Ghost. The mom is useless in this movie. Um, and, and it is the first Ant-Man movie story written by Edgar Wright, who I'm a big fan of, felt fun. It felt different. This one felt much more so than almost any other sequel. Like it was just trying to capitalize on the coattails of Ant-Man. Because Ant-Man was decently successful. Not one of the most successful at the box office, mm-hmm. but people like Ant-Man. This one was like, let's just do all of that, but the same and worse. Yeah, Ant-Man's, uh, like many of the worse or the weaker Marvel movies, its biggest problem is that it has five credited writers. And so you have people who are shaping the story, people who are actually writing the screenplay, people who are adding to the dialogue. And Paul Rudd is a credited writer on both of these movies. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that with the too many villains aspect where you have the Sonny Birch character who's this crooked arms dealer. You have Ghost who's this mysterious quantum phasing in and out person. I forgot what she does. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, I mean, in a, in a certain way, you also have Randall Park's Jimmy Woo, who's a, an FBI agent who is trying Jimmy to Woo. arrest Scott Lang. There is so way too much going on here, and they should have focused on either the journey to rescue Hope Van Dyne, or did I get the name wrong? No, yeah, Janet, like, Janet Janet Van Dyne from the Quantum Realm, or the tension between Adventure and the FBI trying to track down Scott Lang, or Sonny Birch, this crooked arms dealer. But they try to put it all in one movie, and it there's not enough time to it to any of those strands to make them successful yeah i i also think the thing with this movie is it falls into a similar trap that i described in black widow and that it was going to be hard for any movie to follow up avengers infinity war and it's it's a tough movie to follow up like i'm not sure i could see besides avengers endgame i'm not sure i could see any movie on this list not feeling like a letdown coming exactly coming right after Avengers Infinity War no matter what. And I think that is something we have to keep in mind. I agree. I think I like this movie. I think it's fun. I think Paul Rudd is always a good time. As Agreed. a Bay Area native, love seeing San Francisco. But I think your too many villains problem cannot be summed up better than the final car chase scene where it's like, wait, who's chasing who? <laughs> who are they chasing? Who are they fighting? Yeah. I agree. There are too many villains in this film. Sonny Birch could be completely cut from the film and it would have no impact whatsoever. Yeah. It was about time, though, Evangeline Lilly got to suit up as the Wasp. True. So, love that. Although, I'm going to say, house arrest? Like, you're under house arrest, and that's going to stop you from finding Thanos. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? That's the whole plot. If there's one thing we can all agree on, it's that Michael Pena, David Dostomakian, and T.I. are all innocent. <laughs> they are just as good as before. It's not their fault that Baba Yaga went on to be owned by John Wick better it's after that. They had a great moment they with laid the groundwork. In the spirit of compromise... And to honestly build rapport so they can make better arguments in the future. Um, um, let's slot Black Widow in at 22, unless you two are vehemently opposed to that. I, there, I, I'm not vehemently opposed. There, I would rate, rate it differently, but I'm I would definitely that. rank that differently. I, so I, I need Timmy to be happy for when I kill I, him. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just here to talk about the movies. I'm, I'm fine with having. I'm just here so I don't get fined. So 23, <laughs> Ant Man and the Wasp. 22, Black Widow. Is, is it me? We, we let Timmy pick first, and then you kind of yeah. offered you the chance to make a rebuttal. So, Christian, why don't you go ahead and offer your pick? Thor. 21. 21 I'm is... Gonna, I'm going to put... I, I, Thor... Okay. I know... Look, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> let me speak directly to you. <laughs> I don't think this movie works. 
I rewatched it and I'm like, this is so cringe. It, it, I, I think the story is truly terrible. I think that the people here are operating in like 20 different movies. I think that Natalie Portman is trying to do her own thing. Chris Hemsworth is trying to do his own thing. Stellan Skarsgård is trying to do his own thing. Um, and we don't get enough of either Asgard or New Mexico. That I think that's my biggest issue. I think we sh- needed to spend more time in New Mexico or in Asgard to develop these characters. Uh, it, it it felt like too much. The best part of this movie is Loki, I believe. Um, but it even, look, I noticed Chris Hemsworth's humor this time around. He has been funny since the beginning. But it feels forced. Like, it, it, nothing in this movie really feels like it's coalescing for me. I don't know what other people think. I am not gonna, I don't really have a problem with this movie being where it is at 21, because I agree, it's... Uh, for me, it's slightly more successful than not, but just barely. Uh, I agree that it's a movie with two distinct parts that do not work well together. Fair. I find the Asgard stuff much more interesting than the New Mexico stuff. And I, I wish... find New Mexico better, believe okay. it or not. We, we New Mexico take... is far more compelling from a character perspective. I do yeah. wish that they... I honestly... I, I just enjoy the fantasy of Asgard. I wish we would have stayed there, and then maybe Jane Foster and company could have come along later. But of course, they all... You know, not all of them, but you know, Stellan Skarsgård's character figures into Avengers. But Yeah. Can I, can I make the pitch to both? this one up a little it sure is time for it yeah Go for it. something i think is important is christian noted that he wanted ant-man and the wasp above thor because of the significance ant-man and the wasp has in the mcu as a whole and i would argue that thor is actually one of the most significant of the mc movies as a whole you think about things that that go on that that thor is the movie that took the mcu from iron man to what we have thor went beyond earth Thor leads up to the introduction of the Tesseract. That obviously means much more when we're told in the beginning of Captain America the First Avenger, it's from Odin's treasure room. It hits a lot better when we know that Odin exists and that he has a treasure room. We see Loki. We see the Bifrost. We see the Nine Realms. We see that there is more that the MCU is going to build to. Thor is the movie that says, hey, there are some really, really high heights that we might hit, and it's a lot bigger than Tony Stark and his mad rival at his company. Like, this is the movie that says it can go way, way beyond what it was, and that significance is huge. And I think that it does, like, set that stage, but also, when you watch what comes later and you go back to Thor, Thor had a big role, right, in kind of that transition to the cosmos, but it still tries to be like, oh yeah, Asgard's we're just advanced technologically, and science is just going to be magic later. And then it's like, but we're gods of stuff, and later Thor is going to use lightning without a weapon, and sure, all this stuff that it just changes. Like it just seems like it, all of its explanation of how things work, it just doesn't really continue. Just wanted to make sure. I think it's what would very you recommend in this spot? Because I there's only like. I mean, I'd be okay with any of the other ones, but there's one that I would push, but it's... I, I would I would put Captain Marvel in this spot, is what I would put, yeah. Um, but, it, but again, I'm not trying to argue that it's not in this spot. I'm just trying to say I think Thor does have a lot of significance for the MCU as a whole. That's really the only point I'm trying to make. And I think, too, this, this conversation, you know, we'll have to weigh our own personal different preferences, because for me, I don't care as much about things that weigh in on the MCU. Like, I want the movies to... to 
be enjoyable and entertaining. And, but I also know that I care less about the stories necessarily these movies, and movies that are visually exciting are typically higher up on my list than some of the ones that are visually less so. And so it's fun to compare our different priorities here and see what we all are bringing to this conversation because, of course, people come to these movies for different things. Sure, and I also just cannot separate a fond memories of seeing this in the theater yeah. and laughing. And you look like that, Thor. <laughs> yeah, that they ride horses to their uh, teleportation machine. Like, there of are course. flaws in the movie, but... There's nothing wrong I with just, riding horses to the I have, fond, I have fond memories of it. I love Thor as a character. So Thor's going to live. I just think it's a key part of the MCU world building. Of course. Part of the kicking off phase one, it's, you know, let it, it it's, it is still rewatchable more so than some of the ones beneath it on our list. But I'll say Thor lives at 21. And when it comes to Captain Marvel versus Doctor Strange, it's an easy choice for me. Captain Marvel is our number 20 spot, if I can make my recommendation now. I rewatched this movie and I felt a little bit of defense for it uh, because our our buddies at the Hollywood Week podcast, Keenan and Case and Color, had this ranked pretty lowly in their personal ranking of the MCU, much lower than even 20. And they have a, an enormous problem with Brie Larson and her performance at the center of this movie. I think, and I've told them this at length, they're goofballs for that take. And this is not going to be the first time that I say they're wrong for something about the MCU. But I do, unfortunately, think that in returning to Captain Marvel, it does not hold up as well for me as it did when I saw it in the theater. I think that, kind of like Timmy was trying to describe, and look, I'm aware that we're four guys sitting in here talking about feminism in the MCU. But I think, like Timmy said, I wish that the movies that centered around female characters were stronger. And Captain Marvel is trying to be a little bit of like a, an empowerment tale, but also a giant sci-fi space battle situation. And it can always pick a lane. And so some of the elements where they try to involve the, the female empowerment coming to Carol Danvers feel a little bit forced. Some of it done very well. But ultimately, there's other problems I have with this movie, but I want to be done. So I'm going to turn it over to Tyler. What do you think about this movie, Tyler? Captain Marvel, I have to say when they went through the blockbuster, the roof of the blockbuster, I, I had a great time. Um, but even getting to like the, the larger world of the MCU, it seemed like they were, they were just rushing to get her in. Um, she filmed her scenes in Endgame before even doing this movie. Yeah. Um, and then it ends with her flying off to what take down the Kree Empire. I still don't know what she's doing in the MCU at this point. Just flying around. And she's just put in there in the 90s. I feel like I cared more about the Tesseract. Yeah. In this movie, than I cared about her. It feels like this movie was just about setting her up to be a Deus Ex Machina for Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And, um, and as far as I know, that's her purpose as a character, quite frankly. I do think that after the success of um, Wonder Woman, they tried to rush making Captain Marvel. It, it feels like she doesn't know what character she's supposed to be playing, and the writers and the directors don't really know if she's like a hardcore you know, warrior or someone who's still sentimental and they, they're trying to make her everything and they can't. I personally wish they would have gotten way deeper into the war between the Kree and the Skrull because yeah. what we find out about the Skrull is really compelling. But again, it, you have, they're, they're trying to do a lot in this movie yeah. and it's a bit too much. I actually think when you talk about Brie Larson, I think I would say that none of the performances in this movie are bad and I would argue that most of the acting is, is pretty good. I enjoy Jude Law in it. I enjoy Brie Larson in it. I just think the movie as a whole, I agree, it feels rushed. It doesn't feel particularly compelling and I, I do think that Captain Marvel as a whole still has not really found her place in the MCU. So maybe in five years we look back at her origin and think about it much more fondly but it's hard to see really even how she fits in other than being a Deus Ex Machina for Tony Stark in Avengers Endgame. As far as I can tell, that was her purpose as a character. I'm going to move us along. Yeah, I was yeah. going to as well, which this means that Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange is at 19. Now... I do not like this movie. 
So Christian, Come on. I and I'll say right now, I had this movie a tier higher. So Christian, I speak on well. it. Same here. Okay, when Benedict Cumberbatch wants to convey emotion, he yells, and he it keeps works. yelling. This is lesser Iron Man, and I know we've all understand the Iron Man comparisons of someone who's like arrogant, but like. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't buy his transformation from doctor to master of the magic arts who can imprison Dormammu using the Mind Stone. It, it's similar to, like, ending of um, Force Awakens. You know how we were all upset that Rey was able to defeat Kylo Ren having known the Force for, like, two seconds? I was well, upset I was about upset. that. I love, <laughs> that was fine. I, I, I love Force Awakens. I will not accept no, Force no, Awakens I'm slander. Not saying, I'm I'm Force Awakens. That's for Star Wars. I'm not slandering Force Awakens. I'm slandering that decision. And th- that's no the thing. I, I think that they are... Sh- he... I don't know. He he suddenly knows all of magic and becomes master of the of the the, the sanctum in New York. Yes, but, but that works because he's no, a super intelligent man, and you see him studying like. And who crazy. knows and how many times studying? That's yeah. all you need. Who knows how many times he did the time loop with Dormammu? Ultimately, though, I don't dislike this movie as much as you do, but I also do not like it enough to put it any higher, so I'm fine with putting it Yeah, here. I'll say, I, I I like this movie too, and I'm sad that it's going to live down here in Tier 4, but I, I understand why it must. And I, I will add, I think what excites me the most about Doctor Strange is, I just I hinted at this earlier, but just the visuals of this movie, yeah. where Scott Derrickson, I, I'm not sure how much he, you know, how much of an influence he had on it, he's the director here, but this, I mean, Marvel's CGI can be hit or miss. There are some movies that do not have not aged well or do not look good, but there are some times where they just they go crazy. And I think the way that they bring to life the magic in Doctor Strange and the magic of this, the, you know, the Sorcerer Supreme is really well executed. And you know, it's yeah, the character itself is is a Tony Stark rehash, and in some ways, some of the magic and, and all that is a little bit of like Inception all over again. Very similar yeah. visual. Inception you know, did it better. And Inception did do it better. And I I don't think that this movie is a masterpiece. I just think it's it's good and it's enjoyable and it's showing that this formula can work because I mean at this point, movies of this scale are always running on a formula, and it's about how they execute on that formula or if they do diverge, how does that work? And that, so I think this is a variation on a formula that works better than say Captain Marvel. Read the tears. Read the next tier. So that is tier four. And that's a reminder that when we say we added a tier higher, the tier higher is just the all right. Yeah, I really think Doctor Strange (laughs) belongs in the forgettable tier. So that makes tier four, which means we had Ant-Man and the Wasp at 23, Black Widow at 22, much to Christian's chagrin, Thor at 21, Captain Marvel at 20, and Doctor Strange at 19, which moves us on to tier three. Those movies are Iron Man 3, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, Thor Ragnarok, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Eternals. So, do I get to offer up my... Tyler, Tyler because you suggested uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, I did suggest Captain Marvel, you're right. So Tyler, we turn to you. Which of these Tier 3 movies do you think is on the bottom of the pile? This will probably get a little pushback. Um, I think that at the number 18 slot, the bottom of this tier is Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I think that it relied on a lot of just shallow humor but also the time of it we've they built up asgard the whole backdrop of this movie being the ragnarok and it's just all comedic um how how i think this movie doesn't really matter at all the big thing thor's loses his weapon what's the first thing he does in the next movie gets another weapon how it just it gets rid of all the world building that was done the first two movies granted the first two movies 
don't get a lot of love. <laughs> but going from, oh, this is like kind of scientific to, hey, you know, you're the god of thunder. You can do this. And just it, it just changes, I think, a lot of the world building that's been done in the trilogy. Um, and on the rewatch... The humor just doesn't hold up for me. Yeah, I... Sorry. Oh, no. I, I, I was just going to say, like, similar to Loses Weapon, Gets Another Weapon. It's also like Asgard is a people. Next movie, people get destroyed. It, it feels like it built up stuff that was never capitalized on. And so I look back on this movie as like... Uh, and you, you can go. Yeah, that that's my... I, I love this movie very fondly. I will say, upon every rewatch, I do... I, at one point, would have said it was the best MCU movie. It has certainly fallen in those rankings for me. But I think the flaws you two have with it, I agree. I just don't blame Thor Ragnarok. I blame Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame for those flaws. I think Taika Waititi, this is my introduction to him as a director. I've gone on to be a pretty big fan. And I think he was taking Thor in really, really compelling directions as a character. And Bruce Banner slash the Hulk as well. We're going in really, really cool directions coming out of this movie. The Bruce Banner arc continued pretty compellingly through Infinity War until the Russo brothers decided to completely scrap it in Endgame. And then you have a clear conflict of visions between how we're going to handle Thor as a character with Mjolnir and Stormbreaker as, oh, he's actually this powerful being in his own right. And the Russo brothers go, no, 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 no. He needs that hammer back. Like, and they go right back to that. So I, I don't think we can blame Thor Ragnarok for that. I think that needs to be blamed on those other movies. And I think those, those I think two things you guys I think this is an enjoyable speak, movie. I agree yeah. with you. Keep going. I think those things you guys speak of as flaws are not Thor Ragnarok's flaws. But what about how the humor isn't hitting, though? Do you yeah. think the humor the humor holds up? Holds I think up? the humor holds up fairly well. I like the humor. Mm. I think it takes Thor in really interesting directions as a character. I, yeah, I think very, very fondly of this movie. But the point I really do want to make is I think the flaws you guys have brought up besides the humor... I don't think Arthur Ragnarok's the flaws. And I mean, I'll say, I think the humor works in this movie as well. It's one that I did not get to rewatch, and so I, you know, I can't say. But even rewatching it after seeing it in theaters, I know that my opinion of this movie did drop a little bit, and a lot of people did claim it as one of the MCU's best. And I think, more so than the story problems, I think the visuals of this movie aren't as interesting as it often gets credit for. I think there's definitely a lot of really exciting moments and good uses of color, but otherwise this has a lot of MCU house style to it. And so I don't think it should get credit where credit is not due. And I would say, unfortunately, Thor's villain problem continues, and Hela, although played quite memorably... God bless Hela. Quite memorably... I love Hela. ...by Kate Blanchett, Hela is not as interesting of a villain. I mean, there are movies, like, I think it's it's wrong to put Thor Ragnarok at the bottom of this tier, but I'll save my energy for later. So are we all content with Thor Ragnarok living at 18? Yeah, let's put it there. Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. Yes. Can so we... Delightful. <laughs> Del- Del- he, he was. He was. Jeff Goldblum. Yes, I... Korg? Korg, of course. Korg, wonderful. Taika Waititi's MCU character, Revolution. Korg. Yes. See, I, and I think when he gets to be Korg, that's some of the best moments in the movie. So... Now, Timmy, we turn to you. Where What movie gets number 17? Yeah, this this tier, when Christian described it, was described as the just finds, the forgettable. And to me, no movie sits in my mind as forgettable and just fine more than The Eternals. I think people had a lot of a lot of heated opinions on The Eternals. Some people thought it was the worst MCU film of all time. Some people thought it was the best. My take on Eternals is that it was fine and it was forgettable. And so because of that, I think it really embodies this tier and I, I want to put it in that spot. 
I, I, I go ahead, Scott. I'm just gonna say you, you're like, man, there's no movie that's more forgettable, and I'm like, uh huh, and then you like said the one thing I wasn't expecting you to say. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's there's movies. I'm not I'm not gonna argue with this one too much. We just talked about Eternals at length. Uh, everyone knows how I feel about that. I think there's a lot to like, and there's also some major flaws. There are some things that are terrible in this movie. Yeah. Yes, there are. So Tyler, we haven't heard you talk about Eternals yet. Why don't you give us your thoughts? I really enjoyed Eternals. Um, I love the characters, despite what a lot of people said. I like that not all of them are heroes. I like that there's actually a lot of conflict amongst them. I think that this movie, the plot was not the greatest, and that was okay, because I think that they just focused their time on the characters. Um which a lot of people didn't get, but I don't know. I, I At the end, I was emotionally invested in them. Um, again, this is just the all right tier. I think this would be on the higher end of this tier, if not the tier above. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm excited for where they're going with the Eternals. I'm still a little confused on the larger implications of this movie, um, but I'm okay with that. You're, so, I mean, I love Druig. <laughs> well documented. I think it's compelling characters. I think again, it's so interesting. The MCU is really a living, a living document. In five years, we I might think completely differently on how this movie based on about this movie based on how they take it. But right now, I really just and maybe it's just a reaction to the strong opinions so many people had about this movie. That to me, I'm just like, yeah, it was fine. So that that's why it's here for me. And I think one of the biggest things about this movie is. I think it really it captures where we're at as a culture. I think it's like a prototype of Western thought of just make your own, like, your own purpose. Like, go do whatever you find happiness in. And the idea of, like, humans, we are just the greatest um, of all planets. It's a great biblical tale. It is. And I think working, but I think it's in a post-Christian like mindset. Like, it takes biblical ideas yeah. and puts this, like, Western individualist kind of agenda over top of it which i found super interesting even to the point of going to babylon you know it's like you can't get much closer do you recommend a different movie or are you content I, with yeah i was gonna say I, i'm gonna fight for something to take this spot i'm, I'm fine Eternals... with Eternals taking a different spot just no movie encapsulates fine to me so because of that i'm not gonna argue about it because it's fine scott who do you what are you recommending then look there are a couple movies on in this tier that I had in tier two, but there is only one movie that I had in tier four. Actually, there might be two, but there's one that I'm going to fight for because I don't think it belongs uh, much higher than this on the list. And that movie is the original Ant-Man, which I know that F Christian no. is going to come no. to blows. Hell with no. Ant-Man is a tier one movie for me. I'm so, okay. Which is the truly the craziest take that's going to come on this episode. That Ant-Man <laughs> is like a tip-top, best of the MCU level movie for you. Like... <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna movies pull, in the previous pull, tier that I like better than Ant Man. We are going to pull the room. Do you guys think that Ant Man is worse than Eternals? Ant Man is way yes, better than Eternals. I think so. <laughs> it's not even close. It's in a different it's in a different tier on my list for a reason. I so look, it's way better. Timmy, you're the guy who's just going on about movies that were come downs after the big team up movies, which Ant Man comes right after Age of Ultron. <laughs> I mean, well, it's Age like, of Ultron was bad, so I mean, that's why yeah. it's easy to so fall then, off Age of Ultron. Another movie that I would put worse than Eternals. And so, look, I, here's my here's my pitch for Ant Man. Just, I, I unfortunately, not every one of these characters is going to be as meaningful as the last. And obviously, with the original Avengers, I care about them so much more than I care about poor Scott Lang. As much as I love Paul Rudd and Ant Man as a movie, it, it's it's fun. 
But it's, again, it, for me, it's the one that best f- suits this tier if I have to bump it up a tier. Because it, it, it's fine. It's it's okay. It's it's good. But it's not better than most of the movies that we have listed along here. And not even necessarily from, like, just the... I would say, like, the heights of satisfaction. Like, there are movies that reach way higher peaks than this movie ever hit for me. Even if it never, like, reached a valley. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of humorous to say that a movie about a guy who shrinks is probably the MCU's best example of going down to a smaller scale. But I think it's true. Out of the small-scale MCU movies, other than, like, maybe the original three origin stories, Ant-Man is is delightful, and it folds it all into the plot. I've been saying delightful way too much. It's a father-daughter story. It folds it onto a heist. That go, it's a heist movie. It's a wonderfully small heist movie that allows you to care about Paul Rudd. Like, Paul Rudd is going 150% in his charisma. And I think it's one of the better origin stories. I mean, we have it over um, Thor for a reason and Doctor Strange for a reason, controversial as that thing may be. But, like, I think that he is actually doing, having fun as a superhero. I love Zachary Levi and Shazam for the same reason. Like, they're having fun as a superhero. And it makes me think, oh, if I were a five-year-old kid watching this movie... Yeah, I would love that guy to be fighting for me. And I'm going to, I mean, I want to, I do want to hear Tyler's take. And what I'm going to say next kills me. Like, like, destroys me. I, because Ant-Man is a tier one for me, I would like a compromise and put Age of Ultron here. Even though Age of Ultron is a tier two for me. I I will, I can live with that. I can live live with that. I have it actually, yeah, as the next one. I would like to say, I think Ant-Man, and this might be something we all want to unpack, I think Ant-Man is a top tier if we're ranking in terms of MCU humor. I'm not sure what I would put above Ant-Man other than maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. I I think Ant-Man, I think the, probably one of, in contention for funniest scenes in MCU history is, I have a master's degree in electrical engineering, I can get a job. Welcome to Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins always finds that. That might be the best five, some of the best five minutes of pure humor in the MCU. Bold of you to pass over Michael Pena's original monologue where he's speaking for the other characters, and that's in the same movie as well. I think. I think Ant Man is top three in terms of MCU humor. This is another one that I did not feel the need to revisit. I don't associate it with being among the funniest MCU movies, but I can live with placing it above Age of Ultron because I know that other people feel more strongly than myself, and I'm glad I could stir the pot here a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Um, Tyler, I want to hear your thoughts on Ant-Man because Ant-Man is going to be the next movie we talk about when we go to Ant-Man. Let's just hear your thoughts afterwards and then we'll go from there. Avengers Age of Ultron um, has a special place in my heart because I think it's the closest the MCU has gotten to a horror movie and part of me, like, actually gun to my head, I would say Avengers Age of Ultron is a horror movie. Oh, gosh. Okay, okay, look. I and Not I, this take again. I get that. The scene where they create Ultron he comes forward and he is talking in that beautiful James Spader voice about how there are no strings on me and singing that song and the scene where he kills Jarvis. Sure, they're at the beginning. I I, I think is a beautiful like um, Frankenstein callback. So if we think Frankenstein is a horror movie, but that's the only argument I'm going to make on that. Um, the thing that you, what you create is going to be what destroys you it is a concept that shook me when I saw this in theaters. Um, I, I mean, I to say that I love it is, is, isn't is enough. To say that it took villains and basically the seeds that will continue in Civil War of a team being destroyed from the inside out was so fascinating to watch. 
So I hate putting it here, but I'm, I'm I'll do it. But what are you, I, you all? You guys don't like Ultron, fine. But why don't you like Ultron? I'll quickly say because uh, I want to hear more from our, our guests here. But I will say Age of Ultron has decreased a little bit for me on repeat viewings. I was a humongous fan of it when I originally saw it in theaters, and each time I've gone back, I've liked it a little bit less. And I try to be mindful because I know it has a negative reputation in the MCU. I disagree that it's bad. But I, it's just a movie that, there are movies that I watch that I, like, feel the same amount of love for. There are movies that I rewatch and I find more love for them. And Age of Ultron is, is only decreased uh, the few times that I have watched it. I think, obviously, there's a lot to like. I do think there are some flaws. And so, Tyler, Timmy, what, what are your thoughts here? I will say that I actually enjoy this movie more each time I revisit it. And I think part of it is knowing where the characters go. And then going back and getting these snippets in time just with them. Um, so I did enjoy that. I think Wanda and Pietro in this movie, just kind of underwhelming. It wasn't until WandaVision, but that, that was just a common thing with Wanda. I think until WandaVision, she didn't really get her due. Um, and so revisiting it after that as well, I enjoyed it more. Um, but it just it felt like an event in the MCU and not a movie. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think my to take Christian's not to like what I'm about to say, but I do not find Ultron a particularly compelling villain. I find the theme of you create your own villains fascinating. But I think the realization in it of it in Ultron is not particularly compelling. I think we get a far more compelling version of Ultron in What If. I know we're not talking about the MCU shows, but the fact to me that the cartoon show created a more compelling version of the villain, I think is a flaw in this movie. And I think similar to what we talked about with Thor 2... It does kind of shoehorn the concept of Infinity Stones in. And then even like Thanos has been pulling the strings the whole time. It is never once made clear how Thanos pulled the strings at all in Age of Ultron. And so I think I think they they really try to force the connections that bring us to the larger MCU as a whole. I also think the Bruce-Natasha relationship is not done particularly well. I would agree with that. The Mind Stone showing up didn't. It, it, it it's baffles me that Loki would have the Mind Stone and not know he has the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll agree with that. He, we're 57 minutes in. We, <laughs> we do have to it. shout out Clint, though. Clint had the... He had a great Clint, role in that yes. movie. great role in this but movie. But for each of those great roles, you have someone like Thor. Where, where does he go? He goes to some vision pond and, yeah. <laughs> and sees Infinity Stones and then leaves and we just ignore that. Uh, yeah. In Ragnarok. So and here's, the, here's our check-in. So we had Thor Ragnarok at 18. Are we putting Avengers Age of Ultron at 17? I believe so. Correct? Yes. Ant-Man at 16. Ant-Man at 16. Tyler, what's your Christian's chagrin? No, let's hear Tyler's thoughts on Ant-Man, and then Eternals will be at 15. Okay. I really enjoyed Ant-Man. I had it at the top end of this tier. Um, I do, I really love the humor. I remember actually dragging my parents to go see this movie, because they're like, no one wants to see this movie. And I was like, you have to see it. It's going to be good. I liked the humor that they use, even with the powers of being able to make things grow. Um, the tank is pretty funny, seeing that fall out of this, the building. Um, Thomas the train. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, it's even the fight scene where they too. shrink yeah. as well, and they're like going through a briefcase. I think, though, the magnitude can hurt it a little bit of like how they're fighting, but they're small, and now they're big, and... I don't know, like the the risk, but also how that kind of works. I was just a little confused, but okay. Eternals is at fifteen. We've all said our piece on Eternals. There are two movies left in this tier, and I sort of have lost track of the order. But I believe Tyler made a pick. 
I did. I made Ragnarok, and that's how we got off this one. No, 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 but Timmy made Eternals. And then Timmy said Eternals. Oh, that's right. That's so, right. Christian, we come back to you. Your choices are... Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, okay. Shang-Chi and the Legend so much, the So much pain already on this podcast that I haven't had enough time to respond to. But, th- I mean, this these two movies... Be- I, it's your turn, Christian. You should speak on it first. Um, I'm mainly making this pick because I love the other movie more. Mm-hmm. I think Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings... It is a wonderful, wonderful movie that introduces Simu Liu, who is incredible at posing. Uh, and I'm not, again, like, we've already talked about this. He is a strong-looking man. And, um, like, the, when you open up Disney+, Plus, one of the first things you see is him, like, you know, with his arms, with the rings on. It's imposing. He is an imposing figure. And I think that introducing him as his action star, the bus train scene, um, it, it's a cool movie with a great villain in Tony Leung great villain I will say that there are just things that I like a lot more than Shang-Chi and it's not at all that I dislike Shang-Chi I just think that there are things that made me laugh harder that were better action sequences that were um, slightly better villains so that's the main reason I'm choosing this I'm really mostly butthurt that it's in Tier 3 and not Tier 2, but is where I had it pretty firmly. Uh, same goes for the movie we'll discuss after it. So, listeners know our feelings in this movie. Timmy, Tyler, do either of you have a major disagreement with this choice, or would you just like to share some thoughts so we can move on? I'm fine with it. I think I was kind of disappointed when I first saw it. It seemed like it was a little messy bringing in this, I don't know, this alternate dimension reality yeah, with that and like with the spy organization and the legends of the rings and it seemed like it was just trying to balance a it's lot. It's similar to Thor in that it's almost two storylines in two completely separate places. Yeah and I think when I walked out I was like wow I just watched a two hour therapy session. Like we didn't see anything new about this character in the present day. It was, All of his character development was flashback but I think on re-watching it I think just more embracing the culture that it's coming out of and the idea of like family history and story and you're really formed by your ancestors and their decisions. I appreciate that a lot more going through the film the second time. Yeah, I I like this movie. I think as we, especially as we get into the higher tiers, a lot of the things I look for to distinguish really is the villains. I'm, I think that a good Marvel villain is rare so it does stand out in the MCU that we've seen so far. I think that yeah, Tony Leung is phenomenal as Wen Wu, I think is his mm-hmm. official name in the movie. Um, my big issue is not necessarily about putting this movie in this spot. However, I know we're going to transition to one last movie that I think should be below this. I think I might be the only one here. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, you will. The final yeah. movie here is Iron Man 3. Uh, to piggyback off of what I was just saying with the villains, I think Aldrich Killian is a terrible villain. I think the entire superpower thing of Extremis is done really poorly, borderline weird. I will say this is one of the movies that, as I've rewatched it, it would have been in my the worst tier in my original impression of it when it first came out, and it has squarely bumped its way up like for me with rewatches. I think it does take Tony Stark on a compelling journey, but I don't think it does that particularly well. So I I would like to put Iron Man three one spot lower and swap it with Shang Chi. I know we're not going to, but I wanted to say that. Let the veto come down for you, Timmy Gibson. Iron Man three rules. I have always liked this movie, and every time I rewatch it, it confirms the way that I feel about it, and it co- just blows my mind that people aren't fans of this. And I think the biggest thing working for this movie is Shane Black taking over as writer director from John Favreau. John Favreau, obviously very talented and has done a lot of good work for Disney. And as much as you, however you feel about Disney and Marvel, etc., Favreau is pretty talented. He did but, Monica and Friends. 
He did. He did. Yes, he, he did. was <laughs> chef. Yeah. He sure did. But <laughs> I think, I mean, Shane Black has been a longtime Hollywood figure, has his roots, not in this kind of filmmaking, obviously, but in, you know, oh, actually, that's incorrect. Like, in these kinds of action movies coming up, like, he was... He was an actor first, moved into writing and directing next, and has a lot of 80s and 90s classics to his name. And so bringing him in for a movie like this provides just enough different flavor for the movie, just enough of a different spin, that it feels a little bit like they let the auteur put their influence... I mean, I shouldn't say auteur, but they, they put the filmmaker, allowed them to put their influence on this movie. And I think, especially in comparison to Iron Man 2, which is a stinker, this one is a massive marked improvement, both in terms of Tony's character development and... I. I sort of don't mind Aldrich Killian because I like Guy Pierce. <laughs> I think he's fun. But Ben Kingsley, speaking of comedy in the MCU, Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery slash the fake so Mandarin is very, very funny out of character. But also, I could have watched a whole movie of his, <laughs> his like Mandarin in character. The, the like deep and ridiculous monologues. I mean, not completely ridiculous content-wise necessarily, but just the his performance ridiculous when so, we look back on them and realize what they truly were in the yes exactly them. so i i have a lot there's so much to like about this movie in my opinion and so i really do stand by iron man 3 i'm glad it's at the top of this tier at least mm-hmm. christian you mentioned at the top of this episode this was the first mcu movie you ever saw it was and uh, the robert downey jr performance um I, I think that this was a great way for me to be introduced to iron man because they have like the scene at the beginning which is the flash forward of the three suits exploding and he's like we create our own villains it's like the voiceover and then it like jumps back and it really is a character study now i agree with timmy that the villain is not the villain is kind of ridiculous the villain i actually don't think is the most fleshed out but what it is is an exploration as to how being a superhero takes its toll on you. His anxiety attacks and the reality portrayed there, um, uh, honestly, like the the mad weary thing that Thena went through in Eternals. <laughs> I, I will say that was one of the most interesting parts of Eternals because it's like, when you are doing this for this long, how, like how much does that break you down? And it, 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 it's among the top Robert Downey Jr. performances for me. I, I love the fact that they, they brought that into this movie because of course... Saving the world but almost dying would have a very heavy yeah. effect on you. Yeah. Tyler, how do you feel about Iron Man 3? Oh, I love this movie. I think I think it's the best of the three Iron Men, for sure. Timmy is... That's, that's me. Timmy's, um, Timmy's I face actually, was... I had this one up another tier, and I actually had Same. Iron Man, the first one, in this one, in its place. Um, well, we, we, can, will, we can get to Iron Man. We but I love the, the whole run of the mechanic, of taking Tony out of the suit... Having him do the comic plotline of the mechanic, seeing him operate in that way, which sets up his mentorship for Spider-Man later down the line. I really enjoyed it. And not to mention, I love seeing the progression of Tony's suits over each one of the movies and how it's more technologically advanced. I think his just kind of story and character grounds so much of the MCU and we can gauge where all the tech is at any point. The scene in the airplane where he's saving everyone on Air Force One. And, Very impressive. And we realize he's not even in the suit. Amazing. So that is tier three. I'm going to say something okay. just for us to note. We're going to speed this up. That is tier three. We got to get moving because Christian's the one who edits really these runs. episodes. But that puts Thor Ragnarok at 18, Avengers Age of Ultron at 17, Ant-Man at 16, Eternals at 15, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings at 14, and Iron Man 3 at 13. So now we're getting into the good stuff, folks. It's tier two. 
So tier two, movies that may not reach the echelons of the MCU, but still some of the better ones that they've offered. Here are our choices. Captain America, The First Avenger. The Avengers. Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as Guardians Volume 2. Black Panther. Spider-Man Far From Home. And Avengers Infinity War. I know that it's your turn to pick. I think that there's one right answer for at the bottom of this tier. Christian, I'm not offended at you taking this turn. What do you think I'm is I'm not going right to take answer? this turn no. because I want my turn. But I want you to say it. I'm just offering it to you. We'll, we'll, we'll shift back. I don't I don't necessarily... I think there's a right answer for the top of this tier, but I'm curious about your I, answer for the bottom. I think there's a right answer. I don't think it's what you guys think. <laughs> See, this is the problem. This is the problem. I think, okay. We're now I think it should be Far From Home, but give yours. You know what, Christian? As I look over this list... I think that's a fair point. And I, I'm a big fan of Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I think he's very good. And I think Far From Home is better than a lot of people think. Because Remember when I told you that we needed to speed this up? Yeah, I sure do. So Far From Home, I think it does take Peter Parker, famously New York hero, out of New York and into Europe. I think there's still a lot to like, mostly because the cast they got for these movies is so, so, so excellent. Tom Holland is incredible as Peter Parker in Spider-Man, Jake Gyllenhaal in the MCU, praise be, as Mysterio, you know, not the, the best executed Mysterio. Another villain Tony Stark created. Indeed, another villain Tony Stark created, but Gyllenhaal is having the time of his life in this movie, mm-hmm. and all in all, aside not from... currently, though. The, no. Aside from <laughs> the, the weaknesses of the elementals and stuff that is done away with, and I think the rest of this movie is excellent, uh, well, maybe not excellent, but is very good. And the mm-hmm. sequence where Mysterio messes with Peter Parker's head is just one of the most exciting, visually interesting things yeah. that the Marvel has ever done. And it's, I mean, it's all CGI, unfortunately, but still, very, very well done. So, although I'm, I'm okay with Far From Home being at the bottom of this tier, I'm a fan. Yeah, I would also say I'm a fan, I think, also for the way that they use the movie and the promoing of it in line with what the movie's going for, of misdirection. I mean, I remember seeing the trailer and being like, Oh, Mysterio is usually a bad guy. And then in it, he talks about the multiverse. It's like, I knew they're doing the multiverse. Yeah. And the fact that they just pulled out over our eyes, and that's the running theme of the whole movie of, hey, people are ready for this. And then just twisting it on us. And so I like that. I liked how they had the scrolls in it the whole time of another just like misdirection. Um, you don't really know what's going on. So I love that continuing theme. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love Tom Holland's Peter Parker. I would argue he's the best Peter Parker of the live-action ones we've seen recently. I think this is a good movie, but we are in the tiers of of good and great movies, so there's not much to, to argue about here. I'm fine with putting it in this spot. I agree with everything that's been said. I think this is a good film, and we're putting it in a tier of good films. I'm fine with it here. You're not a fan, Christian, so anything you want to wrap this up with before we move on? Uh, just that, look, I think that the second half of this movie is great. But I never trusted Mysterio. Like, from the moment he came in, and, and maybe this is, like, my few understanding of, but for the first comic book I ever read, Mysterio was the villain. So he's like, something is going to happen, and you are going to do it, and I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal's acting within the acting was good. Oh. oh. <laughs> no, okay. But we're going scoffs. to... I, 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 Taylor I, Swift degrees. Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home, I actually like more than some of these other movies, but I was willing to compromise, like, in this tier. <laughs> So, um, let's slot it in. Let's move on. Is it Tyler's pick? Tyler, what do you think should slot in at number 11? Oh, man. Number 11, it might get pushed back. Again, these are all good and great. I'm going to say Black Panther. Oh, okay. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. I'm putting it (laughs) in at number 11. And that is because I just like every other movie in this category better. Um, I have to say the last fight with T'Challa and uh, uh, Killmonger... It's just done poorly, I think, for an advanced civilization as well. 
the last fight, it's like, cool, you got these shields and some rhinos, and you guys are going at it. <laughs> I don't know, like... the CGI it, rhinos, man? Why does everybody harp on the rhinos? Oh, no I like the rhinos. I got nothing I like, against the rhinos. I like it, but it doesn't give me advanced vibes. Um, okay. We all have thoughts on Black Panther. Um, I agree with Scott in vetoing you, but I don't know what Timmy's thoughts are. Yeah, I I don't disagree that I think a lot of the other movies are better. I I think Black Panther is a, a good, borderline, great MCU film. I think, some, to harken back to something we said earlier where we talked about maybe some of the feminist movies in the MCU and how that feels forced, Black Panther is definitely a movie that makes a statement and does it well. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Black Panther is, it does nothing about Black Panther feels forced. I like that movie a lot. Killmonger deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore of MCU villains. I am very, very curious to where they take Black Panther as a franchise with obviously the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman, but I think it's, I, I agree, I think it's a good, good, I think it's a really good movie, but I'm not, I'm not about to argue against putting it below any of the others in this tier. What about the Avengers or Captain America first Avenger? Yeah, those are definitely I think those are it above it. I agree with you, but I'm, I think Black Panther is better. So here's the thing. So here's the thing, folks. Black Panther... If it falls out of the top ten, I'm going to cause a scene. I I recently told our friends, the Color Brothers, that anybody who does that is insane. And so I will not stand for this injustice because I would argue that Black Panther is one of, if not the best movie in the MCU. It's not. And so but we're going to talk about it later. Timmy thinks Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the best, if not the best. It is. Tyler thinks uh, so Guardians of the Galaxy the Volumes 1 and Volume 2 Timmy's not or Infinity top. War are at the top. So it doesn't matter anymore. None of this matters anymore. Um, it all matters immensely. Okay, I'm, I will start using veto powers as host. So here's the thing. I, I feel extremely passionately about Black Panther. I'm going to kick it down the road. It's still in this tier that I don't agree with, but I will fight for it to be within okay. the top ten at least. What, what you would you with... argue to put there instead? Uh, <laughs> looking at this list, I, and if we had to pick something, I mean, obviously these are all movies that I really quite like. I might put the original Avengers in the 11th spot. I'd be fine with that. I would be I'm very, very disappointed that. to put in that spot. I think the Avengers' significance as a film cannot be overstated in that what it was able to pull off in bringing these characters together was not something that you would have thought would have worked going in and laid the groundwork for the rest of the MCU as a whole. I think that's an... I would I would put a couple other movies in this tier there before that, Black Panther included. I'm not... There's going to be a couple other ones that I want to really, really passionately fight for, so I'm okay leaving it there. But and I'll say, I the reason I pick there. it for this spot is I think the Avenger has an outsized influence on MCU culture, but exactly. the movie itself, like the actual filmmaking within the movie, it leaves a lot to be desired. I, I would uh, argue, so, though, that it was the first MCU film to really have a moment. Like, I remember sure. talking to my friends about, remember when they ate shawarma? Like, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that, it was the first <laughs> MCU film to really lay its mark on I the think culture. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 should go here. Yeah, no, that's wrong. Okay. Guardian Volume I think 2 that they're should be all, at the bottom of this I tier. think that they're so wrong. All. Okay. So we're going to fight a lot. So we're going <laughs> to fight a lot. Veto, I will veto. If I get a veto, it's on Guardians of the Galaxy. So how about we all compromise? Uh, it sounds like. Uh, okay. It seems like there are some favorite movies being brought into the equation at this point. It feels like maybe we could all agree that although it is a very good film, Captain America the First Avenger could maybe take this spot and we'd all feel fine with it. I, I, would I be still think Black Panther should be in this spot. But I think Black Panther. Should be higher. I'm, I will, I will I, like passionally argue that Captain case America: for Black The First Panther, Avenger is better than Black Panther. I, I think Hands that out. Captain America: The First Avenger is the heartbeat of the whole MCU. Madre. Ditto. Okay. <laughs> Christian brought out the Spanish us. All right. 
So this is going to be a problem. Okay, you get you get one veto. Which movie here you get one should not go in number eleven, Tyler? Should not go in number eleven. Should not go. First Avenger. You. Guardians Volume One. Um. <laughs> you. Black Panther. Um. In which case, I will go uh, of the ones we've talked about, right? Or are you saying this whole tier of the whole tier of the whole tier? Oh, should not go in 11? Should not go. We have to make a choice. This oh. is going to get harder as it goes Okay, on. okay. Then I, I I, wouldn't say First Avenger. If it's the whole tier, not just the ones we've talked about, I'm probably going to say uh, Infinity War. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Wait, it should no, not yes, go Please in 11. say that. Please yeah. say that. My Infinity bad. War, Guardians, Black Panther. I'll go with First Avenger, which means that the Avengers goes here. Okay. So, again, The Avengers, very significant and important movie in the MCU. Unfortunately, looks like a very expensive episode of TV for the most of the movie. Yeah. And The Battle of New York is excellent, but uh, the buildup is a little bit slow. So, Avengers, may you live forever, but you're number 11. So, Black Panther can be 10? That no, way you Black can say Pan- it's in your top no, 10 and you can move on? <laughs> He's like, it's not within. Look, there are... I, okay. I, I recognize that I'll have to cede some ground here at some point. So, here's my case for Black Panther. I think, as, as a self-contained MCU story like incredible manages to create this whole world tell a largely contained story all you need to know is that the king has died you didn't need to see the first movie the movie before to see it Chadwick Boseman gives an absolutely incredible performance one of the rangiest leads that we get in the MCU the way that he interacts with all of the important people in his life it is it demonstrates his range as an actor and he can bring the intensity he can bring the comedy he can bring the romance I think Sue, so, the the reason that this movie is so important and why I love it so much is like you're talking about to I me. Mean, the themes of this movie are incredible. It's the thematically richest MCU movie. Oh, and I the best part about that. Killmonger, I just think the themes are well done. And the I best part about like Killmonger, it's richest. beyond a shadow of a doubt the thematically richest movie. And Killmonger is 100% right, which is why he's the best villain. And that's what I think is so compelling about him. Then Guardians Volume Two goes here. That's that. That's my other favorite movie in this tier. So if I have to fight, I will. I'll give up some ground on Black Panther, even though I think it's insane that we're leaving it this low because the CGI in this movie leaves a ton to be desired and the ending is a little bit I, I would acknowledge the ending is a little bit you know leaves you wanting and so I am depressed about this because I think you're absolutely loony if you can't put this movie higher than 10 if you want to do MCU I would, soundtrack rankings I'll give you number I would one probably put it best in the, soundtrack best costumes best yeah. production best design costumes? <laughs> I would say that I'd probably put it in the top 10 but that's because there's some things in tier 1 I would not have in tier 1 <sighs> Guardians volume 2 is 9 <laughs> Whoa. So the Black Panther end up at 10 after I passionately argued Black my Panther case? Black Panther ends up at 10 because you said that Guardians Volume 2 is your other favorite. Guardians and Volume 2 can be 10 and Black Panther can be 9. That's fine with me. I would be I would be more okay with that because Volume 2, if it's going to get slandered by Timmy... It's not good. Vo- it's volume fine. 2. I'm going to use my story Guardians Volume 2 is crazy. Fine. Volume 2 is so much it's, significantly it's, better than Volume 1. It's that's more just visually not true. interesting. It's funnier. Drax goes off funnier. the train. Kurt Russell as a villain is better. I'm, it's funnier. It's better. The performances are better. I would argue that Guardians of the Galaxy based on a singular song, which is beautiful. Good. It's still not good. I would argue that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 is maybe the only MCU film that's humor stays as good as it is on the first watch with every it, single it, it I just rewatched it, and that's humor. not true. That is not true. It is forced humor. Okay. Guardians Volume 2 goes at 10. Black Panther goes at 9. I'm Captain so America, the first Avenger, will go at 8. That's I spent good, too I'm much time that. talking about Iron Man 2, right, and now wait. Timmy is winning Let's at Tier 2. Captain America, the first Avenger, will go at 8. What's at 9, Volume 2? Volume 2 goes at 9. Uh, I'm, we let a guest body us on this podcast. I'm very angry. Um, don't worry. When, uh, don't worry. They're, they will be vetoed. Are we putting, are we putting get I will seven? say well, for the record, all my favorite movies are getting kicked out of the tier that I didn't want them to be in. So. What? I will say I had both Guardians in the top tier. Um, that was not going to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's for the record. 
That, okay. For all the supporters of Captain <laughs> America, the first Avenger, I will speak on. I think that it has a phenomenal grasp on what a superhero movie is because the iconography, the shots that they are doing are look just like the rectangle boxes on comic books. Great like framing and composition. It is yeah. phenomenal yeah. and it is it introduces an awkward man who honestly probably my favorite Chris Evans performance. We can debate that later not here though. It's so fun. It is so fun. It is so memorable, and it was it. It's one of the best things to come out of Phase One. Chris yeah. Evans was such perfect casting, and well, he crushes it from the very beginning. And I think something Tyler said that I don't know. If I fully agree with is that this is the heartbeat of the MCU. I would say that I think Chris Evans as Captain Captain America, Steve Rogers, is the heartbeat of the MCU Infinity Saga. And this is the heartbeat and of this, him. This is the introduction of him and gets to the core of him as a character. So I agree, it's an incredibly important MCU film. I'm very okay with it being in the spot we've placed it in, though. Okay. Timmy, what do you recommend for number seven? The Avengers. It's, it's out of it's eleven. A, Wait, it's so, 11. so what am I picking out of? Guardians 1 and Infinity War. I would like to pass because both of those movies should be at one and two. Avengers. But with that noted, I will nominate ten. out of those two, if I were to rank from the two of them, I would say Avengers Infinity War is worse, but since they're the best two movies in the MCU, I'm not sure why they're in this two. We're just letting Timmy Gibson come onto this freaking podcast and speak all kinds of inanities. Why did we let this happen? I also had both of them in the top two. Guardians Volume 1 and Infinity War were both tier fours for me. Yeah. <laughs> This is our podcast. What have we done? They are. I was compromising because four out of my top five are in this top five. Thanks for being generous, host. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> He's no. being way more generous than I am. We're gonna have words after this podcast. Okay. So, Avengers: Infinity War. Then it was your pick. Only because if I was picking from those, I want to be very clear. Out of Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers: Infinity War, I'm saying Guardians of the Galaxy is better. Out of all of the movies we have standing, all of them are worse than these two movies. Okay. I want to save Infinity War talk for when we talk about Endgame. I agree. I don't think you can separate the two. So let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Timmy, you have spoken several times. I am going to pass it on to Scott to talk about Guardians Volume 1. Guardians of the Galaxy is a hell of a lot of fun. James Gunn is probably like the best individual directorial performances in the MCU. This is a really solid cast from early on. It's, it is funny. And I love the the sci-fi space opera feel. It's one of my, like, it is highly ranked for me within the MCU. I think Volume 2 improves upon it in almost every way. And there are a number of movies that are better than it. Again, not because Guardians 1 is bad, but because there are movies that reach higher heights for me. So I'm disappointted at how high this reached, but I'm not, like, I don't dis I don't dislike the movie in the slightest. I, I really love this movie. Um, I remember seeing it, I feel like it gave a whole different vibe and showed that the MCU could go in different directions. Um, even just the use of music throughout the course of it, the style of it, we see it I think most clearly in Ragnarok later, um, of course in the sequel. I thought the sequel was better as well. Um, but I also enjoyed starting to bring in Thanos and starting to build up kind of, I don't know, the, the world of MCU. This is your favorite MCU movie to me. Why? Yeah, I think this film is eminently rewatchable. I think it is maybe the most accessible of any and all MCU films and that it can stand on its own, which a lot of the other MCU films are made better by the films as the rest of the MCU, which is not a bad thing, but it is true that I think Guardians of the Galaxy, anyone who has no knowledge of the MCU can sit down and enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. I think the music is maybe the best use of of music weaved into a film in terms of like popular songs 
ever, I think, what, what James Gunn is able to do with music is paralleled by none except maybe Edgar Wright and Baby Driver. Oh that's a conversation for another time. Martin Scorsese, Paul think, Thomas Anderson, and Wes Anderson have something to say. I think what this movie... I think it is eminently rewatchable. I think it is funny. I think the humor stays. I think the breaking out of the prison is the greatest five-minute scene of the entire MCU, just in oh, terms of boy. being visually appealing. It's up there, I, it's I love movie. this movie. I think <laughs> it should be boy. number one. I, yeah, it, it pains me to say, when you, to hear you say volume two is better. Significantly. Because it's not. In a number of um, ways. Guardians, I, yeah, but I think what I, what I really want to take away from it, because I know I've been rambling, I think it is eminently rewatchable, and I think it is one of the only movies on this list that you could put in front of someone who has no idea what the MCU is, and they could watch this movie and be like, that was a great movie. Absolutely one of the strengths of this movie, and with that, we have tier two. Thank you to Christian for being more magnanimous than me. I am royally pissed. At number 12, we have Spider-Man Far From Home. Number 11, The Avengers. Number 10, because we have we have shaken our fist at God, Black Panther is 10. Number 9, Party because we did it in second is time. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume no, 2. No, no, we flipped no. those. Oh, that's no, right. We did? Pardon. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 <laughs> is 10. Now Tyler is shaking his fist. I am shake it for an extended period. As Black Panther is at 9. At 8, we have Captain America, the first Avenger. Number 7, Infinity War. And number 6, Guardians of the Galaxy. Which leads us to Tier 1. Christian, you'll get to kick off the discussion. But here are our five options for the best movies in the MCU. I will say one of these makes me mad, but we'll get there. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Captain America, Civil War, Spider-Man, Homecoming, Avengers, Endgame, and the granddaddy that started it all, Iron Man. I'm going to say this. I will bring this up later. There is only one, there are only two movies in the original ranges that made this tier. And there is only one that got um, full fives from all four of us. We will speak on that later when it comes to me debating. I'm going to recommend, I'm going to recommend as much as it pains me to do so, Spider-Man Homecoming at number five. Does anyone disagree? I no. sure do. <laughs> but we don't have a ton of time. And here's my here's my problem. It's that Captain America Civil War is a worse movie than all of these movies. And so I would have a problem with it not being in the five spot. That's not true. I, Timmy, you have lost your arguing. Captain America Civil War, I think, is worse than all other Spider-Man Homecoming these movies. Is excellent. Spider-Man Homecoming is, is excellent. Captain America Civil War is more I, excellent. I do think that Civil War is better than Homecoming. What have we done? Why did we invite these yokels well, on can this I, program? Can I, can I point something out? I think something to keep in mind as we, as we talk about these movies, something Christian and I have discussed, I think Tyler and I approach this more... If I can speak for Tyler, please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we approach this more as fans of the MCU. Fans is the lore. Fans of the lore. And those types of things, as opposed to coming in with your guys' maybe more backgrounds and film criticism, film as a whole, I don't have the ability to look at a movie and talk about it in the ways that you two do. So what I'm looking for, I think, is often different. And I do think that leads to some of the the breaks we have in our rankings, and it makes sense to me that you, that Scott and Christian align more and that Tyler and I align a little bit more sure. because of that. But we're also, like, huge fans of the MCU and, like... And sure. Black <laughs> Widow sure. as my tier two. Yeah. Sure, no, I'm, I'm just saying I think there are different things that the four of us are looking for in watching films. And so, okay. look, I, I mean, by and large, I think the team-up movies are not nearly as good as most of the individual hero movies, and I think Captain America Civil War suffers by taking the focus off of Captain America and making it a team-up movie. Captain America Civil War 
is Tyler's favorite movie, so it cannot be a five. Yeah, well, look at Black it. Panther. We just put Guardians nine. of the Galaxy at seven. Yeah, yeah, why yeah, is Tyler's yeah, yeah, favorite yeah, yeah, yeah. movie more important than yeah, my yeah, favorite? Yeah, yeah. But that's why I, I didn't make it lower. But then I'm saying I think we should be fine putting it yeah, at five. I will say, though, for Civil War, coming back to the characters, I think that this is basically the end of Iron Man and Cap's character arcs. Endgame is more of an epilogue. They're going to do what they want. Tony Stark, you can have a family. And, you know, Captain America. But I think that this is where them as characters get to their final spot. Where, I mean, Cappy starts off this blind kind of loyal to the government. And he ends up, I don't know, like disobeying. And I think and the way that they're able to keep him true to it. Like, he's still loyal just to his friend more so than anything else. And him becoming jaded through things like Winter Soldier and the turn of S.H.I.E.L.D. and where things have gone. It was so interesting seeing that. And then on the other side, seeing Iron Man who starts out as this rebel who now has become a pawn almost in this film and seeing them go at it, it was heartbreaking watching them fight. The only complaint I had when I finished watching this movie the first time is I do wish one of the Avengers heroes died. I thought I, that I agree. I think Rhodey should have died. Okay. Is, and yes. I think that Zemo is a top four or five com- most compelling MCU villain for I, sure. I love when he tank. killed the soldiers. I, I think that that was a phenomenal way to end this movie. This is the complaint that I have. Tony Stark goes to the Avengers and says, this man, this boy who graduated college died in Sokovia because of what we did. And Cap's response is to say, I like Bucky. And not offer any alternative. My issue with this movie, it has phenomenal action. It has a tier one, if not two, villain. My issue with this, they do not actually give Cap a good argument. I don't think that's I don't think that's Cap's argument at all. Cap's argument is about the freedom. Now I'm on Tyler's side here. It's about the freedom to make his own decisions. I don't think Cap but he doesn't. The, Cap no, does no, not feel that loss belittle. at all. Okay. Cap does not say to Tony, I like Bucky. Cap says, the best hands are still our own. What if a government but tells us to go no, somewhere we don't want to? But he doesn't give an alternative. That's not, but I'm saying, what you're saying is wrong. That is not how Cap rebuts Iron Man's argument. To be fair, like, to the plot of the movie. Have, but he like, doesn't, he doesn't show affection for this dead boy. Yeah, I know. That's a little bit effed up. This is all, I mean, we're all very exasperated. I'm, yeah. I'm, almost, I'm just I'm, saying, I think you're mischaracterizing the movie yeah. to say that Cap says, but I like Bucky. That's not what he says. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He does have an argument. This is what we're going to do. Put Captain America Civil War at five. I'm fine with it at five. I just don't <laughs> like the mischaracterization. Well, we're putting his favorite movie higher than all of our own. So. I mean, I My would... favorite movie's still in here. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't belong here. Oh, boy. For the record, I'm very fine with Homecoming at five. I'm I'd, I'd also be fine with Iron Man at five. five. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with Avengers Endgame at five. Well, here, this, is, this is what we're going <laughs> to do. Let us talk about what we like about Iron Man. Let's talk about what we like about Iron Man. Paramount made a dadgum blockbuster back in the year 2008, and it bears on these movies coming out 15 years later. Like, there's so much about this movie to love because it's closer to, like, weirdly, like, a a Transformers movie almost because there's no Disneyfication of Marvel yet. And Tony Stark, the Rapscallion... Love it. And, and there, I mean, there are parts of that movie that haven't aged well, but 
what can you do? Like, it's a great origin, great way to kick off the movie. I, Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane is, is so, so memorable, even though he's the very first villain. I think there's a lot to love about Iron Man. And again, in terms of, like, heights of the MCU, doesn't get there. It's not in this tier for me, but I'm a big fan for it. I just want to say I don't like the Iron Man erasure of the headlines of Eternals has uh, the MCU's first sex scene. That is not true. The MCU's first sex scene is in Iron Man. Oh, and I just feel like we should yeah. acknowledge that. There was also a sex scene in Iron Man 3. Uh I technically, I guess, what, what are we calling sex plans? With the regrowing plan. Like, nobody's naked okay. in these. <laughs> I, I do think it is incredible that we look at these films and they're all, most of the ones we have are team-up films. They're really recent films. They're films that a lot of things built up to get to this film, the MCU, and then we also have Iron Man. I just think that's cool. I, Iron I Man would, stands I the test of time. I would be content with Iron Man at five. I would prefer Civil War in that spot, but okay. I'm, I'm fine. I'm so, okay so, with Iron Man at five. So here's, here's the thing. That's why I have five. Iron Man, Homecoming, and Civil War are going to be 5, 4, and 3 in some order. Is Homecoming anyone's favorite movie? I mean, it's up there for me. Is Civil War anyone's favorite movie? I'd probably have it up there. Okay. Um, is Iron Man anyone's favorite movie? It is not mine. I'm fine with Iron Man at 5. Iron, Iron Man five. goes at 5. <laughs> I say it should go Iron we Man, Spider-Man, Homecoming, Captain America, Civil War. I will say one more thing about Iron Man. I, what Robert Downey Jr., is able to do is Oscar-worthy performance in a superhero movie. And you get some fleeting instances of this in like in, in superhero movies. You do get a Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. You get a Christian Bale in The Dark Knight trilogy. You get Robert Downey Jr. here. I'm saying, look, whenever I look at the best performances of the MCU, it is Robert Downey Jr., then you fall downstairs and go to hell. And then you find everyone else. I so I mean the severity of that argument is extremely off, but yeah. I mean I, I I do think that Tony like Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is probably the I mean he's one of the best performances. It's all it's like career defining in a way because of how much how involvement he had here, and Iron Man mm. kicks it all off. So Captain America: yeah. Civil War and Spider Man: Homecoming. Now this is where we're diverging. So we need compromise. I do not want to be a dictator. We have 12 minutes left. <laughs> I will say Spider-Man Homecoming is, is fabulous. And it's because Tom Holland is excellent as Spider-Man. It's because Michael Keaton is in this freaking movie. And Michael Keaton is one of my dads. And he gets involved in probably the best, I guess, plot twist in an MCU movie where we find out he's the dad of the girl Peter's interested in all along. They have a great scene together. But mm. this, this is also very Spider-Man, like true to Spider-Man. It is yes. mostly contained in New York. There's a dalliance in Washington, D.C., but... Mostly contained in New York, very much about Peter Parker and his high school woes as much as it is about his superhero life. Mm. And as Spider-Man movies go, like this one is my favorite Spider-Man movie with much love to Tobey Maguire. <laughs> so I I really love Homecoming. I think it is so well done from top to bottom. And I I like Civil War, but again, it's one of those big team-up movies that has aged poorly for me as I go back to them because the individual ones tend to rise above. I I like this movie... I love this movie because it's a high school movie on top of everything else. I did say when we got to these rankings, I wish I had had the guts to put Spider-Man Homecoming in my top tier. I like Spider-Man Homecoming a lot. I do prefer Captain America Civil War. I think it does something really interesting in having our characters face off against each other, which helps us build the MCU as a whole to see that we get to start seeing who's stronger than someone, who's more powerful, who matches up against who. Compelling. So I would put Civil War before, but I'm I'm not upset with Homecoming coming in above Civil War if that's how we wind up. I, I will I will toss you guys a bone. 
Captain America Civil you War goes at four. Justice, finally. Spider-Man <laughs> Homecoming goes in at three. Now here's where um, the last two movies, Captain America Winter Soldier and Avengers Endgame, these were the only two movies that made the top tier. When I did my original ranges, I had to bump movies up into this tier. Otherwise, we would have only had those two. So I'm kind of happy that they're the two that are left. As am I. Now, let's talk. Let's do this. Let's talk Endgame versus Civil War. Endgame did not get a five from all of us. One person gave it a four. So let's talk Endgame. For yes. Endgame versus Civil War. Um, I loved Endgame. Let's talk about not the movie itself. It is second or third best movie theater experience I've ever had. I don't know how you could have had a, a, a better experience. Birdman. <laughs> Birdman. I've told you my relationship with Birdman. Makes me want to weep for you. Endgame, seeing everyone there, cheering. How this was able to cut everyone down into a core group of people who did another heist movie. This and Ant-Man. Two heist movies of the MCU. I'm not I'm not talking about him, man. Um, the you mean the hero of this movie? The hero of this movie, their ability to do time travel correctly, and yeah. I, I like how they do time travel. The performances given, how they were able to build up the grief that had gone after five years. Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark's vision of his family. It is a tearjerker. It knows what its audience wants. That's America's ass. Great line. <laughs> I the heartbeat. And, and this is and, and this is the thing of why I like this more than Infinity War. I think that the directing for Infinity War is actually not bad, but I think that the script for Endgame is phenomenal. Um. Hmm. So here's the thing. I would like thoughts on Endgame, appreciation or not liking Endgame, and then we will go into how this and Infinity War came not back to back. But just four movies apart. Avengers Endgame is extraordinary. The fact that they actually pulled this off and it was as damn good as it was is incredible. And in terms of just sheerly liking the MCU, I'm sure people who are better and you know filmmakers, I'm not a filmmaker, so who are actually filmmakers, people who design action movies can point out all of the ways that the final battle is actually not good. But in terms of sheer like MCU people pissing their pants, losing their minds, like the final battle of this movie is extraordinarily satisfying and entertaining. And there is moment after moment after moment from literally the, the tears that came out of all of our nerdy faces when things <laughs> kicked off and people came back from the portals and Cap wielded Mjolnir to the ending when Tony Stark snaps the Infinity Gauntlet. Nothing in the MCU comes close to the satisfaction of that sequence. And I think this movie is... I think Infinity War is quite good, but this movie is steps beyond it in terms of satisfaction and enjoyment. So I, it's a very easy pick for me. Yeah, I know... I know everyone here, or everyone here knows, and everyone's listening is about to know. I'm the one person who doesn't have Avengers Endgame in my in my tier one. I have it in my tier two. The pretty good, the good times, as Christian described it. And what what's tough is I don't disagree with any of the things that you all are saying about Endgame. I liked Endgame a lot. I jumped out of my seat in the theater when Cap picked up Mjolnir. I I love Endgame. I think it's great. I think it's an incredible culmination of the Infinity Saga. I just I have a couple of bones to pick with it that keeps it. In the lower tier for me. I don't love the time heist. If we're ranking the last hour of Endgame, it's it's the top. It's the top of the entire MCU, of course. It's what it's all building up to, is that last hour. But the, the, the time heist gets 
a little fan servicey for me. Just kind of like let's go back to moments, and I don't dislike it, but I do. I do think there's a couple of flaws. Brie Larson kind of coming out as a DSX Machina with Captain Marvel. I don't love. Yes, it's like the one artsy term I know, so I keep saying <laughs> DSX Machina. But I just think I think that's a flaw. I really dislike how they handle the Bruce Banner Hulk storyline. We have this Thor Ragnarok going into Infinity War of Hulk is becoming his own character, and they're they're conflicting, and who is actually going to be in charge, and Banner might never come back. And we get to Endgame, and it's like, oh yeah, I fixed that. Like he's at I, peace. It's yeah, but how? Like I want to know. You were taking me on a cool story, and you just decided to resolve it between movies without telling me how it happened. I think there's just a few smaller flaws like that combined with that I think it's a little fan servicey to where I think ending it, I think Infinity War, I know we're going to talk about the two, just comes in. I love how it sits. I think focusing on Thanos is incredibly compelling. So because of that, I have Infinity War higher. I I just don't... There, I have a couple of bones to pick with Endgame. But what's tough is I don't disagree with any of the things you guys are saying. I think it is epic. I think it is an incredible culmination. But I just don't think it's necessarily a flawless film. Okay. Tyler? Yeah, I'll agree that it is not without flaws. Um working within that time of the blip, that five-year gap, it was like, oh, I wanted to see more Ronin. Like, I wanted to see him doing that stuff. That's a big development in his character. I wanted to see, you know, Smart Hulk and all, like, that development and seeing that play out. I think that that's setting up for later. Um, I think with all of that, though, it was just, it was beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. I do, I will say I loved Infinity War. I also had Infinity War in this tier, um, I loved it being just phrases that Empire Strikes Back of the MCU. Yeah. Um, I was like, I agree. Um, but this movie, I think it, it captured the characters and their essence. Um, man, I think the ending, I love Cap. I just love Cap. And seeing him end with Peggy and actually getting that dance. I was like, even if that's fan service, thank you. Like... <laughs> I mean, you are there's a balance the to the fan service and, like, a character achieving this thing that they've always wanted. And, you know, it, again, thematic. Like, Captain America has always had that heartbeat, and he's always yeah. had his one long lost love, and he, he gave up his long life to have a life with her. And so, satisfying. Um, I'm, I want to talk about Infinity War 2. I, I used to hate that movie. I still don't like it that much, but I will say it is composed of beautiful shots. Like, um, I've said this before, teen group putting down the video game joining the things to make Stormbreaker is is, is wonderful. Um, the you should have gone for the headline. The yeah, absolutely. Like the fight in Wakanda. The I think that there's more character development because there was less characters in Endgame. And and that's where the key distinction is for me. Um I, I would watch I I think I would watch Infinity War with like the audio turned off and just want to be astounded by the pretty pictures because there are so many of them so um both are strong films is what i'm saying to um, you i'm only saying this because we're in a group both are strong films but because there is slight disagreement here does that mean that endgame is two and winter soldier is one I would disagree with that, but only slightly. It makes me sad that we're going to end with the movie that is most universally considered the number one Marvel movie as our number one. But we are, because it, it is the only one I think we can... We, I mean, the sad thing is we haven't even touched on Winter Soldier at all, but I think the reason it's so high for me is the action in that movie is top-notch. And I, part of the reason I love Captain America is because his his 
the way that he combats villains is with his freaking fists and his shield, <laughs> which there's still CGI involved in the shield, but it's not laser blasts, it's not shooting people with guns, except in the first one. Like, it is his fists, his legs, he's doing, like, he's handling it himself. And that, the, the crunchiness of the, the action of that movie, scene. Oh, yeah, very famous, scene. Beautiful. is so good. And, I mean, this is, like, I don't, yeah, probably the best, like, directorial effort from the Russo brothers. Say what you will about Infinity War and Endgame. That movie, like, the true auteurs are the uh, Feige and the VFX artists. So, yeah, definitely a, a strong effort from the Russo brothers as well. And a, a good Black Widow movie, too. She gets a lot to do in Winter Soldier as well, after being sidelined to some of her earlier MCU That's movies. True. So, I, I have a question, then. Because I want to... I, 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 love, I love Winter Soldier. I love it in that it's partially a spy movie. Like, my favorites here are movies that are superhero and something else. Like, um, uh, what was it? Superhero Home, and heist. Superhero and, and, and high, high yeah, school. And drama. high school movie. Yeah. yeah. That That is what I'm loving. I, I, I can't wait for their superhero and romance one. Like, I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> that was Eternals, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we have, we have a couple of minutes. A couple of minutes is a good time. Do any of us want to put Endgame over Winter Soldier? In my personal ranking, it is. I think because it's the only movie that all of us agreed as being one of the best movies. The only movie that received a 5 out of 5 from... No, that's oh, Winter Soldier. That's Winter Soldier. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Winter Soldier. Mm. Oh, okay. I oh. think because Winter Soldier is the only movie that received tier 5 votes from the four of us, that because we're putting this list together, as much as I hate to, to do that at this point because of what these, these <laughs> yokels have done... I think Winter Soldier should be our our universal number one. It's the one that all of us can get behind as being the best that Marvel has to offer. The issue here is that when we compromise, no one's happy. <laughs> it's true. The beauty yeah. of compromise. So, um, Timmy, what are your thoughts on putting Winter Soldier at one or Avengers Endgame at one? Yeah, I mean, I think out of those two, Captain America and the Winter Soldier belongs at one. I agree with everything Scott said. The action is, is top-notch. I personally, out of the Captain Americas, I think Zemo is a slightly more compelling villain than Alexander Pierce. Because of that, I do prefer Civil War. But I do think that the line when Nick Fury says to Alexander Pierce slash Robert Redford, you know there was a time I would have taken I would have taken a bullet for you, and Alexander Pierce just deadpants, you already did, because he shot him earlier in the film, is one of the all-time most iconic cold lines. I agree Probably Black Widow's most compelling performance in a film. Maybe Steve Rogers' most compelling as well. One of the MCU's greats really does an incredible job of tying the line between the epic scale the MCU is going to hit eventually and the more street-level, like, origin stories. I, yeah, it's an, an incredible, an incredible film. I'm very, very happy with saying it ended up as our number one, even though it is not my personal number one as well. But there is a reason that it is probably... Out of if we were to scour the internet for rankings of Marvel movies, this is probably more often than not going to be number one. And the the interesting thing is, um, I feel like you could also show Winter Soldier to someone cold, and it holds up. Like if they, um, okay, I, I, yeah, sorry. Uh, I mean, you, you might disagree because there is like the building up of what Shield is. That that's true. But I think that if you just say that they're in a secret organization and the secret organization blows up. Um, someone can follow it. In the Cap Bucky relationship as well, you kind of need to know a little of that going back to the first Avenger, I would argue. Um, and Peggy. But even so, like it, it, it does stand more on its own, obviously. And I agree they would like it, but there are things they would miss. Th- like there's there's nothing there's no infinity stones here, which is interesting. There's no infinity stones, there's no Thanos. There is like a world shattering event. 
Right. But there's no magic. There's no Thor. There's no cosmos. No magic, but the magic of cinema, baby. <laughs> and it, it, it I, I think that that does speak to something that we all want. We like it when there are action scenes in movies. Even when we were talking about Captain America Civil War. Like, sure, there is Vision and there is Wanda. But the best things about that movie are, like, the, the Iron Man, Cap, Bucky fight at the end. That's, like, one of the best things ever. So... I guess we're putting we're putting Winter Soldier at one. Sounds like it. And Avengers Endgame at two. Which means our tier one movies are at number five, Iron Man. Number four, Captain America: Civil War. Yeah. Number three, Spider Man: Homecoming. Number two, Avengers Endgame. And number one, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Folks, I need a nap. I need a <laughs> stiff drink. I need a refill on this whiskey that we had at the beginning of the episode because of what these people. I still did have to me. some left. But yeah. that is our MCU ranking by tiers. I do want to quickly shout out a few listeners who thankfully did write in about this episode. Always want to shout out our listeners. So thank you to Paul Gonzalez, longtime friend of the show, for mentioning his favorites. He, The one that he loves the most is Captain America Civil War. Let's go. So there you go. There you go, Tyler. My and kind of, My kind of guy. My kind of guy. He says, by far his least favorite is Infinity War. Oh, never mind. Oh. Paul, that's Paul says he's never agreed on a hot take more than when Chris Christian said it might be the worst Marvel movie. So, Paul Gonzalez, not Paul Yoder, our friend who's come on Paul multiple and I times. Paul off to such a good start. Paul Gonzalez come on, comes on, has come on once. But thank you, Paul, for writing in. And, of course, our buddy Braxton Cody, also once a guest here. He gave his full-ranked list in here with letter grades from S tier down to F. So, Braxton, thank you for your list. We obviously cannot share everything. List number one? But here we go. My, our guy Braxton Cody his S tier. Here you go. Number four is Iron Man. So four movies in the highest tier. Number three is Endgame. Number two is Black Panther. My guy, Braxton Cody. You get it. You've seen the light. And number one, Captain America Winter Soldier. <laughs> so safe to say, based on this list. Wait, well, this is worst. It seems like Braxton will be with us. His bottom tier was exactly like ours. Incredible Hulk at 26. And then he swapped Thor Dark World at 25 and Iron Man 2 at 24. There we go. Braxton at least has seen the light on Thor. Braxton. Braxton, we thank you for writing in. And shout out to one final listener. He's seen the dark world. One one final listener friend, Maddie Halter, our good friend, wrote in to say. Oh, wow. Maddie Halter? Maddie Halter. She was a fan of the Black Widow episode. So thanks for writing in, Maddie, uh, for your thoughts on our Marvel 2021 (laughs) Blend of the Month, which has officially come to its glorious conclusion. Man, uh, I still love the MCU, even if I've been sapped of my joy, and I think Christian is going to, um, he might have some words for us at the length of this episode. So I'm just going to cut to it, it's the fine. chase. No, it, it's <laughs> fine. I have a Bible study after this God cleanses me. So, <laughs> Spiritual. Okay, um, we want to thank both of you for coming on here. We hope that you all will return eventually. Indeed, we do. Timmy, uh, less so than Tyler. We're going to do this after <laughs> each new movie, right? <laughs> you <laughs> have known, you criticize the integrity of my rankings. You guys, I'm just here to humbly you, share my opinion. You undermined the integrity of this election, but, what, what, what we'll do next time... Stop the steel, baby. Look, what we'll do next time, maybe we'll do it after Christopher Nolan's new movie. We, we, we'll do, like, a top five list individually. Well, this so, was fun. I had a great time. I'm not upset at all. <laughs> Oh, I'm genuinely not. I'm so mad. (laughs) (laughs) But but maybe we should just do like a Harry Potter rank them from. (laughs) That would be so hard for me because all of them fall within a very narrow margin. Like I like them all. They're all all pretty good. I only like love a couple. Order of the Phoenix. (laughs) Come Uh, on, you're starting with the best ones. Oh, you're (laughs) not. 
So we'll see. Maybe, of course, we'll get our, our buddies here back for a big full ranking episode. But Tyler and Timmy, thank you for being here. We do always ask our guests if they have anything to plug. Timmy, I know you got something to plug. So what's what do you got going on? In we the got any sports fans? You can find me at the Niner Noise pod. Not Niner. You can find my writing on NinerNoise.com. You can find a couple podcasts one a week at 49ers Unrestricted. It's kind of a niche if you got a 49ers fan out there in your audience. But if you ever want to come hear me talk about Kyle Shanahan, that's where you can find me. And Tyler, do you have anything to plug or share? If you're trying to hit me up on PlayStation, my uh, let's go. My my name is uh, Heatmeister, but I spelled it weird because I was a little kid when I made it. H uh, e a t m i e s t e r. So you spelled it wrong because you actually didn't know how. Because I spelled? actually didn't know how it was spelled when I got my Xbox 360. <laughs> Way back So you can befriend Tyler <laughs> on PlayStation and me if you could find me. Or if you're a UCLA student. Or if you're a UCLA student, want to know Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Apologies to our, our non-Christian listeners. We won't proselytize to you on this episode. But Tyler and Timmy, thank you both for being here. This was a good time, even though it has probably taken a year off of my life. I love the MCU for all of its quirks and problems, for all the pros, all the cons. I'm in for the rest of it. And so Spider-Man uh, is coming out in December, Oof, folks. We already Get have ready. our tickets. Yep. Get ready. Yeah, we do. <laughs> y'all, y'all are crazy. I'll buy my tickets that day. No, you won't. They're sold out. I'm going to try to. Anyway, <laughs> as always, there are a few things that you can do to support the show that we would sincerely appreciate. Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Helps us grow and reach new listeners. And... Drop us a rating and a review where you can. We would appreciate them on Apple Podcasts, of course, but if your podcatcher has a rating or review, please do that as well. Next, of course, our listener feedback was featured on the show, so if you want to have your feedback featured here on the show, please do send us an email. I'm waiting for my vindication. Yeah, Timmy's waiting for vindication for somebody out there to put Guardians as their favorite MCU movie. You can send that feedback to cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. Once again, the name of the show, Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can follow Christian and myself on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we're watching. I have an old, out-of-date Marvel list with my personal rankings that I will be updating soon, now that I've made my way through a bunch of rewatches and we've handled this episode. Christian, do you have a Marvel list? Will you be making one? I'll make one after this. There you go. Christian will make one. You can you can like it or comment. You can, you can engage as much as you'd like. Christian... As always, i got to ask. Actually, I do have to announce, listen to our other episode that has dropped today. We forgot to mention that, but we did share our most anticipated movies of 2022 sister episode here. It is coming out the same day, so give it a listen. And we're still figuring out what is coming after this. Might be the Drippies 2022, stay tuned, or another filler episode before Christmas. So, Christian. Any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home? I'm hungry. Christian's hungry, and so am I, folks. So we got to wrap this thing up. But, uh, Tyler, Timmy, say goodbye. Adios. Farewell. And this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast.